WBUR Podcasts, Boston. I'm Daryl C. Murphy, and you're listening to The Common. WBUR State House reporter Walter Wuffman, welcome back to The Common. Hey, Daryl. Thank you. Yes, indeed. And you come to us from the State House. I'm in the State House today. I am in a phone booth in a hallway for complicated technical reasons that no one needs to know about. But here, here I am. We appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. So, Walt, we got you in here because you've been following Governor Maura Haley's recent pick for the state's highest court, and that's the Supreme Judicial Court. The governor chose appeals court judge Gabrielle Wolohogen, someone who has served as an appeals court judge for 16 years and is well-respected for their judicial court record. But one part of her background that folks seem to be stuck on is the fact that she was a longtime romantic partner of Governor Healy. So, Walt, before we get into all of that, just define for us what the Supreme Judicial Court is and why getting appointed to this court is such a big deal. Yeah, just like how the United States has a Supreme Court, which is the highest court on all legal matters in the country. Here in Massachusetts, we have our own state Supreme Court, which is called the Supreme Judicial Court. And an interesting fact is that our SJC is actually the oldest continuous appellate court in the entire country. There are seven judges who serve on the state Supreme Court, and they have the final say um, on all matters of the law in Massachusetts. So it's it's old, it's important. So whenever there's a, a vacancy, whenever there's an opening, it's a big deal um, about who's going to fill it. It's old and it's important. Yes. Understood. <laughs> now, tell us about Governor Maura Healy's pick, Judge Gabrielle Wolohogen. Yeah, as you said, she served for 16 years on the appeals court. She has sat on over 2,700 cases, authored Ooh. about 900 decisions. Only a few of those decisions have been overturned, which is a pretty good track record for a judge. She was a partner in a, in a major law firm. She served as associate independent counsel on the Whitewater investigation into former President Bill Clinton. Her grandparents are survivors of the Armenian genocide who came to the United States to form a new life for their family. So Judge Wolohogin is, as you said, a, a really accomplished jurist um, with a long resume. She's actually applied for this seat before under Governor Baker, uh, and she's now Governor Moore Healy's nominee to the position. Got it. Judge Wolohogin was at one point Governor Healy's partner. Why did Governor Healy pick Wolohogin despite this history? And perhaps expecting that there were going to be some concerns about it. She had to expect that there were going to be concerns. But what the governor has said to reporters over and over is that there is no more qualified person for this job than Judge Wolohogin. Mm -hmm. You know, she came and she introduced uh, Judge Wolohogin before the governor's council at the hearing last week. And here's a bit of what she said. As I have said in the past, a personal relationship and my personal relationship with Judge Wolohogin should not deprive the people of Massachusetts of an outstanding SJC justice. But of course, that personal relationship does raise questions about, you know, possible conflicts of interest, possible favoritism, where other candidates given a fair shake. And then there's also a, a pretty legitimate question about recusals. You know, will Justice Wolohogin, if she makes it onto the SJC, have to recuse herself from cases involving the governor's office? Mm. 
Do we have a sense of whether or not the appointment process so far has been fair? The governor says, yes, it has been. Uh, Judge Wolohojan says that, you know, it's been the same as all the other times she applies. And so just to get into the details a little bit, when a seat opens, there's a, you know, there's an application process. It's apparently pretty lengthy that any interested candidate can apply for. So Judge Wolohojan did that. There's then a screening committee that goes through those applications. They then make recommendations. Those finalists then sit down for interviews with the governor's legal counsel, the governor, sometimes the lieutenant governor. Um, and then the governor chooses their nominee to go before the governor's council, which is an elected body um, of eight people, which confirms all of the judges in the state of Massachusetts. So it's a, it's it's basically a four-step process. Willa Holgen applied to the SJC under Governor Baker. She was rejected, though she did say that she made it to that process of, of actually having a face-to-face -face meeting with the governor. And now she's being nominated uh, under Governor Healy. She says that process has been the same every time. Uh, here's a little bit of what she told the governor's council last week. I understand your concern about the optics, but sitting from my chair, I have done everything like every other candidate. And I don't know what else I can do. Okay, well, I want to take a quick break. But when we get back, I want to talk about the reaction from the local legal community. So we'll be right back. The world's clean energy future relies on ancient elements still in the ground. Without mining, there will not be a clean energy transition. But pulling them out of the ground comes at an environmental and human cost. Mining is intrusive, but the results are the building blocks for products that we use every single day. I'm Meghna Chakrabarty. Join me on point for Elements of Energy, Mining for a Green Future, five special episodes. Listen and follow On Point wherever you get your podcasts. Did you kill Marlene Johnson? I think you're one of the first people to have actually asked. From WBUR and ZSP Media, this is Beyond All Repair, a new podcast about an unsolved murder that will leave you questioning everything. Somebody should be in jail for murdering my sister. A woman who's never been believed. As long as they think I have done this, then they're not looking for who actually did this. And that's what makes it a cold case. No, it's a botched case. And a search for the truth, once and for all. Wow, it just gets more interesting. Beyond All Repair. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Be careful. You're digging in a place that's been very peaceful for a while. Do it anyway. Dig. And we're back with WBUR State House reporter Walter Wuthman. Okay, Walt, we are talking about Governor Maura Healey's pick for the Supreme Judicial Court. This pick being somebody who the governor had a long-term relationship with some years ago. Mm -hmm. And I want to get back into this by asking you, how is Healey's choice being received by the legal community here so far? Yeah, Judge Wolohogin has been really really warmly and, and enthusiastically received by the by the legal community. Earlier this month, when the decision was first announced, you know, and a lot of eyebrows were raised, WBUR reporter Deb Becker and I spoke to a lot of lawyers, defense attorneys, and prosecutors. 
judges, you know, and everyone has great things to say about Judge Wolohogin, you know, and her her long and accomplished resume, you know, which we've already been through. There has been some opposition, of course, especially from the Massachusetts Republican Party. They opposed her decision right at the start and asked the governor to withdraw her name. And then after the hearing last week, they put out another press release saying that the nomination was improper and saying the governor must avoid even the semblance of a conflict of interest and that this nomination fails to pass that critical test. Interestingly, though, you know, in the governor's council hearing, which is an open public forum where anyone can come and give testimony uh, in support of or in opposition to the nominee, no one from the state Republican Party came to make their grievances publicly known. Um, They just put out these press releases. So I think you can draw some inferences from that as well. Mm-hmm. So Judge Wolohogin had one confirmation hearing last week, right? That's and right. And she could be confirmed Wednesday, this Wednesday. As soon as this Wednesday. Yeah. How did that session go? It was really warm. Uh, some have compared it to a coronation, which is not atypical. The governor's council usually does approve judicial nominees, but given the high profile and, you know, optically complicated nature of this nomination, I think some people thought it might be a little more contentious than it it actually was. The seven people who serve on the governor's council currently were all extremely warm. At least three of them indicated that they were going to vote to approve her. A fourth sort of said the same thing as well. She just needs a majority vote to be approved to the SJC. I would not be surprised if it ends up being a unanimous vote. Mm -hmm. One member of the governor's council, Tara Jacobs, she she has really been struggling uh, with the optics of the situation, you know, of the governor nominating a former romantic partner to a seat on the highest court in in Massachusetts and, and did sort of go back and forth with Judge Wolohogin on this. Let's let's take a listen. There's the regional inequity element of it that we have no representation at the SJC and was there an equal opportunity across the board for those who weren't in, you know, what could be called a deep insider. So, Governor's Council member Jacobs you know, her concerns are not in the judge's resume or her qualifications for the job, but does the appearance of nominating someone with close ties to the governor to, you know, the court, this high court, which is supposed to be an independent body, does it sort of tarnish the reputation of the Supreme Judicial Court? You know, could it reduce people's confidence when they go before the SJC that they're that they're getting a fair shake? Speaking of a fair shake, I want to go back to the issue of recusal. Can you explain to folks why that's such a problem? Yeah, this is a big issue, and I'm I'm actually pretty surprised that it did not come up more often at, at the hearing. So when Judge Wolohogin was actively in a relationship with uh, Governor Healy, when Governor Healy was the state attorney general, she recused herself from all cases involving the attorney general's office. So the question is, if you are elevated to the Supreme Judicial Court, are you going to be able to hear important cases that come before the SJC involving the governor's office or other important agencies in her administration? Or is she going to have to recuse herself? There are only seven justices on the state Supreme Judicial Court. So if only six are ruling, that opens up the potential for more 3-3 deadlocked decisions, which could you know, present kind of a structural problem with the court. The governor has pushed back on this, saying, you know, Judge Wolohogin is already on the state appeals court. They are currently hearing cases 
related to the administration. She has not had to recuse herself. The judge was sort of asked this in an indirect way during the hearing last week, and she said, you know, she takes recusal really seriously, but that it's a case-by-case basis, and she could not make a, you know, sweeping generalized statement about uh, any future instances that she'd need to recuse herself. So they didn't ask her about conflict of interest or recusal. What did they ask her about? Yeah, I mean, they did ask her questions related to the law, you know, pretty normal stuff for a confirmation hearing. So they went really deep uh, on the emerging threats of AI um, and how AI is and is going to be used in the justice system. Uh, There were a lot of questions around policing and the new police oversight commission. They talked about a new landmark case that just came down from the SJC saying that, you know, that life without parole sentences for people under the age of 20 are unconstitutional. So they did get into a lot of the more, you know, thorny legal questions around issues that she might be ruling on as a justice of the SJC, but they did not go into those other issues. Hmm. Should we worry about a precedent being set by this? That's a really fair question, Daryl. <laughs> and I and I don't know the answer. You know, some have pointed out, like, look, this is um This is a pretty stark example of a governor nominating someone that they are very close with, or at least used to be very close with, but it's not atypical for governors to nominate friends, friends of friends, people they have really high opinions of to these really important seats. You know, it it already is criticized as kind of an insider's game. You know, the legal community is very small um, and privileged and elite in Massachusetts, and so this is a as I said, like a pretty stark example of it, but maybe not as atypical as someone might think. Mm-hmm. Should we expect a victory here for Maura Healy? I think it's pretty safe to say that Judge Wolohojan is going to be confirmed by the governor's council as early as Wednesday, as we said, if not next week, and that she will be the newest member of the state Supreme Judicial Court. Well, thank you for taking the time to come talk with us. We know you're busy over there at the State House, so thank you so very much. Thanks. Thank you, Daryl. And that's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening to The Common. If you like what you're hearing, head on over to wherever you listen to podcasts, especially Apple or Spotify. Rate and review us. Let us know how you're liking the show. We would really, really appreciate it. Also, if you want to get in touch with us, hit us up on Instagram at WBURTheCommon or send us an email at the common at WBUR.org. I'm Daryl C. Murphy, and I will talk to you tomorrow.